Hey guys, welcome to the Motocross Action Podcast. This excerpt is from our This Week in MXA video series number 62, episode 62. This is the audio format of that video where I talk about Justin Barsha taking out Dylan Ferrandez, Jason Anderson taking out Malcolm Stewart, Jet Lawrence taking out Austin Forkner, and more from the Arlington Supercross, and also highlight some of our latest videos on Joe Shimoda's factory Pro Circuit Kawasaki race bikes. Continue listening for the audio format of our This Week in MXA video. What's up, guys? Josh Mosman here. Welcome to This Week in MXA, episode number 62, presented to you by O'Neill Racing. This past weekend, we got to watch some crazy racing from the Arlington Supercross. That was a lot of fun. I'm going to talk about that here in this video. Also going to talk a little bit about the World Supercross Championship that's getting ready to uh, kick off at the end of this season, at the end of this year. And that's going to be exciting. I got a cool interview with Ryan Sanderson and Adam Bailey on that. And share some of the racing that we did this past weekend, some of the testing that MXA has been doing lately and what we got coming up this weekend for some more fun. Starting things off, we have to talk about the FIM World Supercross Championship that was just announced at the end of 2021 after Feld, the American Supercross Series promoter, gave up the FIM rights. SX Global, a team of guys from Australia, took over the FIM rights to host a World Supercross Championship. We have all kinds of details on our website with the latest press release they have announcing their new investor that's helping the series get off the ground and helping lead the series into the next 10 years. It's exciting stuff. Um, It's one of those things where, for me, I won't believe it until I really see it, until the first round kicks off. But they got some bold claims. They're claiming 250 grand up for grabs at each race for the riders in purse money. They're going to have a 250 and a 450 class. They're going to have only 10 teams. Each team can have two 250 riders, two 450 riders, and you're not going to be able to race if you're a privateer. I can't just go show up with my Supercross license and go race at an FIM World Supercross Championship. I have to be a part of a team. So it's uh, very interesting. Um, there's a lot of information going on. They have a new investor that's got a lot of experience and putting on live events and just spending big amounts of money. Check out our full podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. I got a 50-minute interview with those guys, or we got a highlighted 18-minute video on our YouTube channel and website interviewing Adam Bailey and Ryan Sanderson, talking to them about the details of their new championship. Next up, we'll dive into the Arlington Supercross. There's so much to talk about from Arlington, but I want to key in on a few highlights from the night. One, I really liked the little S section that they had. It went over the tunnel jump, triple, and then go left, and then a bull turn right over the, across the start straightaway. That's where Dylan Ferrandis actually ran into the back of Justin Brayton and went down. Jeremy Martin also ran into the back of another rider and went down there as well. So two-star racing Yamaha guys uh, made that mistake. But I personally think that section is safe. There's, it's not dangerous, but it also creates some great racing where riders were going inside some laps, outside some laps, and it was very kind of cat and mouse which line they would go to because they could give up uh, time by going either way and make passes by going either way. So that was a cool section. I was proud of Dirtworks, and uh, I feel like we should have more sections like that in Supercross. Next, talking on the Anderson versus Malcolm Stewart crash takeout. Uh, this one, Jason Anderson mentioned in the post-race press conference, it wasn't his goal to take himself out and Malcolm Stewart out. Uh, he came in hot with a lot of momentum. Malcolm Stewart cut down early, and I got to say that the blame is on both riders for this incident. Uh, Malcolm, if he knew that a rider was so close behind him, especially a guy like Jason Anderson, you probably shouldn't be 
cutting down so tight in the middle of the corner. Uh, the way that Supercross bowl turns are set up, you could turn any which way, and there could be all kinds of different angles coming in and out of the corner, which creates chaos, which creates takeouts and crashes, and which also just makes it exciting for Supercross. If you guys notice, Supercross continuously runs takeouts and big crashes on their highlight reels. That's what they use to draw people in. And uh, they don't promote it. They don't want uh, people to take other people out. But when they do, they definitely use it. And in this situation, the fault definitely lies on Jason Anderson. He took himself out. Um, whenever you take yourself out in a, in a pass attempt, that's not a success. Um, so the fault is all the way, I would say 90% on Anderson, but that 10% still lies on Malcolm Stewart, which, you know, would have been a lot better off if he would have, uh, gone a little wider in the corner. Next, I want to talk about Eli Tomac and Jason Anderson. These two riders are killing it right now in the Supercross championship. Both riders are separated by six points. Now, Eli Tomac has the upper hand and more wins on the season, but I think both riders are leaving Arlington Supercross confident. Jason Anderson, he won two main events past Eli Tomac and got ahead of him, won that final race of the night. Eli Tomac, he's leaving with confidence after he let Jason Anderson by go in the, in the last main event. He didn't need to beat Jason Anderson, but by letting Jason go and then hooking a wheel on him, that gives Eli Tomac the confidence that, hey, I can run this guy's pace. He's learning what he's doing and he's just getting in his head and he's building his own confidence knowing like, hey... For Daytona this weekend, which we know Eli Tomac is great at, and for the following rounds after that, Tomac has more and more confidence that he builds each lap following Jason Anderson, keeping pace with him while Jason's doing everything he can to pull away from Eli Tomac. So exciting stuff. I think Arlington was great for both Jason and Eli, both great for their confidence, and uh, it's going to make things exciting moving forward. Final topic in the 450 class, Justin Barsha taking out Dylan Ferrandis. At first, I thought all of the blame was on Justin Barsha. It was a pretty blatant takeout and a pretty just awkward angle that he came in and, and slapped the front wheel of Dylan Ferrandis, taking him down. But after further review, I watched... In the video, you guys can see if we slow it down, Dylan Ferrandis looks back over the finish line. He knows where Barsha is. He looks back again over the next double. He knows where Barsha is. Dylan didn't do anything to block the line by going to the inside. He didn't slow up and go to the outside to give give him space or rail the outside to try to uh, get around uh, Barsha. He tucked in through the middle line, main rut, got on the gas, and there was Barsha's, uh, the side of his motorcycle, took Dylan Ferrandis down. I don't put any of the blame on, on Barsha really anymore. He got away. He made the pass. And if I'm Barsha and the rider in front of me is looking at me, I'm going to go for it. They're worried about me. They know I'm coming and it's their choice whether they want to slow down or not. Barsha made the pass and uh, Ferrandis ended up on the ground. So at first, put the blame on Barsha. Now, after watching it back, I think that was kind of uh, Ferrandis' fault for letting him take him out like that, especially with a guy like Barsha. You know he's going to give you everything he's got to make it pass by you. And he did. That's what happened. We'll keep things brief in the 250 class. First off, congratulations to Cameron McAdoo. That guy has really stepped it up. He's still wide open. He's still, you know, making a few mistakes here and there, but he rode solid on Saturday night in Arlington, grabbed the win in a situation where all the pressure was on him, Austin, and Jet going into that final moto as a winner-take-all. Cameron McAdoo made it happen. Next, we got to talk about Jet Lawrence taking out Austin Forkner mid-air off the finish line jump. That was heartbreaking to see, especially for a guy like Austin Forkner who's had a string of bad luck and was doing his very, very best, I believe, to make a, a change this year and to not 
end up with an injury to finish out the season. You could hear it in his interviews. And uh, unfortunately, Austin Forkner is out now with a broken collarbone. I don't know how long he will be out for. Collarbones heal up pretty quickly and guys can bounce back quickly from them, especially if they get a plate put in. But unfortunate news, um, I can speak from experience and kind of sympathize with Jet Lawrence. I raced Supercross in 2018 and it is a challenge. It is, a, it is one, it's a huge challenge to be able to ride a motorcycle on a Supercross track. Two, it's a huge challenge to be able to ride a motorcycle on a Supercross track with 20 riders around you. Three, it's a challenge to be able to ride a Supercross track that's rough, rutted. I mean, riding a smooth Supercross track is one thing, but riding a track that's kickered out, it's got ruts in the corners, ruts in the jumps, a whole nother ball game. Then add tough blocks into the mix on the side of jumps, on the side of the corners, on the side of the whoops. They are like death traps. And they're kind of like maybe Sour Patch Kids where they're sour and then sweet, right? They're sour because they take you down, but they're sweet because when you land on them, they, they, they definitely save your life and definitely uh, help out with injuries and stuff like that. So I personally have experience of running into many tough blocks in 2018 when I raced 250 West and 450 East. And sometimes I landed on them and they saved my life because I, I didn't get hurt. I bounced up and I was able to continue the race. But other times they took me out when, you know, if I would just stay a couple inches to the, le- to the left or the right, I would have missed it and would have not gone down. So as you can see, uh, it doesn't show in the highlight footage that we got from Supercross, but Jet Lawrence hits a tough block on the lip of the jump, cr- cross jumps, takes out Austin Forkner, heartbreaking stuff. It was good to hear that Jet Lawrence was at least apologetic in the post-race press conference, but uh, it also makes you wonder if that was Vince Freeze um, or somebody else taking him out midair what the fans would have had to say about that. Next up, I want to highlight two videos that we just posted on our YouTube channel. The first one is MXA testing Joe Shimoda's factory race bike. I had a blast riding this thing and we had five different test riders, you know, four, including myself, riding this at Glen Helen after the Hangtown National last year. I wrote a very in-depth article talking about Joe Shimoda, talking about the Pro Circuit Kawasaki team, the challenges of getting parts, developing a new motorcycle for them in 2021, and a lot of cool stuff in there. So we get to ride that bike, break it down, and share for you guys what we thought about the suspension, what we thought about the engine and all that. So check that out on our YouTube channel and our website. One of the coolest experiences I've ever had riding that factory bike. And then another one on Joe Shimoda's Supercross race bike that he's riding this season. We got an interview with his mechanic, Matt Goodred, talking about all the details on that bike. So if you really want to go in depth on the Pro Circuit Kawasaki's, we got lots of videos and lots of information on those bikes on our website and YouTube channel.